When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. The Radio Memories Network is brought to you in part by Liberated Syndication. Podcast publishing made easy. Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Network Detective Stories, continuing America's love affair with private eyes. We now go back to the early days of radio and our imaginations with our feature presentation. Part 6, A Psychological Matter. I left Dr. Frey and Sowerby together, reluctantly. Here was more mystery. Dr. Frey. Sowerby was very, very scared of him. I played with the idea of doing a little eavesdropping, but it wasn't practical, so I left the house and caught a cab to Wimpole Street. On the way, I thought over everything that had happened during the past three days. At last, there seemed to be a definite pattern to it all. The whole thing appeared to hinge on the blackmailing of Hampton and Sowerby. What I had to find out was the truth about this blackmail. And as I saw it, the most likely place to find it was in Dr. Frey's consulting rooms. Frey was a psychiatrist, and Sowerby, being a patient of his, probably had told him all about Maybrick's death. No doubt Frey would have notes about it. And I was going to have a look at those notes. That was the idea in my mind, anyway, when I ran up the steps of the house in Wimpole Street and thumbed the bell marked Dr. Alexander Frey. A girl opened the door, a blonde with ice-blue eyes and the kind of shape that tired businessmen dream about. I asked her if I could come in and turned on my best smile, but the smile died the death of a dog. All she did was to shift the ice from her eyes and move it down to her voice. Have you an appointment? Well, um, yes, in a, in, a, in a way. Please come in. What did you say the name was? I didn't. It's Odell, Philip Odell. Oh. I saw Dr. Frey out in Hampstead, and we arranged to have a talk here. I see. Well, if you're going to the waiting room, please. Are you, uh, busy? I have work to do, yes. You haven't got time to talk to me, I suppose. I'm afraid not. Oh, it's a pity. You see, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sort of scared. When I go to see a doctor, I usually have someone along to hold my hand. Holding hands is not part of my duty, I'm glad to say. Wait in here, please. Well, uh, you couldn't say I'd made a good start with that girl. My charm was as potent as a bottle of nightclub scotch where she was concerned. I sat down and thumbed through a couple of magazines and then went out into the hall to renew the attack. The blonde was in a small office next to the waiting room and she was giving the typewriter a terrible pasting. I leaned against the jamb of the door and tried to look as if I didn't care whether she talked to me or not. At first, she pretended not to see me. And then her neck began to turn red, and she stopped typing, glared at me, and finally said, Are you looking for someone? Yes, you. What do you want, please? I want to talk to you. I'm sorry I've work to do. If you'll stay in the waiting room... I don't like that waiting room. It, uh, it makes me think about death, and I don't want to think about death. I want to think about life. 
and fun. I want to think about you. You can think about me in the waiting room. No, it's not that kind of thinking. Excuse me, I've work to do. How long have you been working for Dr. Frey? No, oh, you think they can't shout that thing down, do you? Okay, how long have you been working for Dr. Frey? I beg your pardon? That's better. Now, um, how come a pretty girl like you is handmaiden to an undersized nerve doctor? You know, you could do better with those eyes and that shape, especially that shape. Are you drunk? Oh, dear, 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 that's bad. She thinks a guy has to be drunk to appreciate her shape. Bad, bad, I bad, think bad, you bad, better bad. go back to the waiting room. The doctor will be quite a time. He's got a bad case of hysteria on his hands in Hampstead. Uh, look, let's have a party, hmm? Here. What's that? A flask. It's full of scotch. Good scotch, too. Have some. No, thank you. Well, it might take the ice out of your eyes. It's a bad thing for a pretty girl to go around with two chips of ice in her eyes. Is it? Oh, very bad, yes. Pretty girl's eyes ought to be warm and inviting, like the lights in the window on a winter's night. Uh, you sure you won't have a slug? Quite sure. Well, I will. This is heavy work. <sighs> Better? Look, uh, Sugar, uh, I want you to help me. Well, I don't want to help you. And please don't call me Sugar. There have been a couple of killings, murders... Dr. Frey's mixed up in it. What? If it comes out later that you knew something and didn't tell, that'd be bad, sugar. I don't know what you're talking about. Martin Sorraby, the newspaper editor, comes here for treatment, doesn't he? I'm sorry, I don't discuss the doctor's affairs. Oh, of course you don't know me. I, um, I saw a pair of earrings that look awfully cute on those ears of yours. Did you? Mm. If you talked to Daddy, might buy them for you. I've told you, I don't discuss Dr. Frey's affairs, and now, if you'll excuse me, I'll get on. Yes, she was tough, that little blonde. Her resistance was terrific. She could resist bribery, good scotch whiskey, and even flattery. Well, what could you do with a girl like that? I retired to the doorway to think it over and lit a cigarette to help my thinking processes. At that, she stopped typing and began to look at me wide-eyed. There was even some come-hither in those ice-blue peepers. I came back into the room quick. Mr. O'Dell. What's the matter, sugar? Uh, you're not uh, softening, are you? I is that a French cigarette you're smoking? Yes, it is. Would you like one? Oh, I'd love one. Here, here, here. Have the packet. Oh, thanks. I'd adore a French cigarette. Haven't had one since my holiday in Villefranche. Mm. Oh, can I thank you? Yes. How can you thank Uh, by talking... Well, I I ought not to, you know. Well, you won't get into any trouble. I'll see to that. Well, what is it you want to know? A few things about Martin Sorraby. What's the matter with him? Oh, difficult to say. He has the appearance and mannerisms of a manic depressive, but there are things about him that point to the inhibited exhibitionist. You don't say? Yes. He comes here for psychoanalysis, you know. When did he start coming? Mm, just over three months ago. Look, um, I'm not too well up on my Freud. How does a psychoanalysis work? Well, first the doctor gets the patient to lie down and relax, and then to say whatever comes into his mind. It's a long business. Sometimes Dr. Bray spends as long as 12 months over a case. Hmm. Does he uh, take notes of what the patient tells him? Oh, yes. D do you think I can have a look at his notes on Martin Sorrowby? It wouldn't do any good. They're in code. Uh, do, you, do you know the code? 
No, I'm afraid not. Does anyone, aside from the doctor? I don't think so. His wife might. She was his secretary before he married her. His wife, huh? Is, uh, is she a boat? No, they don't live here. You know, they have a house around the corner, number 58. Oh, that's Dr. Frey now. Shall I tell him you're here? Yes, uh, ask him if I can see him at once. I'm in a hurry. I'll see what I can do, and thanks for the cigarette. Oh, that's all right. The doctor will see you now, Mr. Odell. Come in, Mr. Odell. Sorry you had to wait. Well, that's all right. I uh, didn't waste any time. How's Sorabi? Oh, he's better. I gave him a sedative and got into bed. Now, what can I do for you? I'm investigating two killings, murders. They're both connected with the blackmailing of Martin Sorabi. Oh, yes? You probably know he was being blackmailed. Yes, I do know. And someone found out the truth of what happened to George Maybrick 15 years ago. And what I want to know is, how did that someone find out? How should I know? Well, for 15 years, Sorabi kept his mouth shut and nothing happened. Then three months ago, he came to you for psychoanalysis. He told you the truth about Maybrick's death. And right after that, the blackmail started. Are you accusing me of blackmail, Mr. Odell? I think it's quite probable that the blackmailer got his information from you. I don't see how else he could have got it. What Sorabi told me during the course of the analysis is secret, Mr. Odell. I haven't told it to another living soul. You kept notes of his case, didn't you? Yes, but only I could read them. And what about your wife? Does she know the code you use? My wife? Well, she used to be your secretary. My wife has no reason to blackmail Sarabi. She doesn't even know him. Yes? Well, what is it? Mr. Hamden's here, Doctor. Oh, yes. Yes, I see him. Uh, Mr. O'Dell is just going. Hampton's a patient of yours, too, is he? Yes. And he's being blackmailed as well. Good morning, Doctor. Oh. Hello, Mr. Hampton. Nerves troubling you again? You have a habit of turning up in unexpected places, Odell. Yes, don't I? I must say, you confuse me. I'm never quite sure what you're supposed to be doing. I'm working for you. How are you? You gave me a check for 300 pounds, remember? And I, uh, I want to start spending it. It's burning a hole in my pocket. Now, let's see. What was it you were going to do for me? Find out who's blackmailing you. Have you found out? Yes. Yes, I think I have. <laughs> Mr. Adele's such a clever fellow, Doctor. His methods are unusual. He runs up fire escapes. He insults people with delightful insouciance. What does he do for a living? He's a um, private detective. How exciting. Oh, it has its boring moments, but you meet a lot of interesting people. Still, I expect you do that in your racket, too. Racket? You see what I mean about his insulting people? It's amazing what a person will blurt out if you insult him in the right place. Well, all right, I'll um, leave you to your consultation. Aren't you going to tell me who's been blackmailing me? Mm. Not in front of Dr. Frey. Then come and see me as soon as you can. Yes, yes, I will. Well, uh, goodbye, Dr. Frey. Goodbye. Thanks for everything. Are you having trouble with your nerves too, Mr. Odell? No, uh, my curiosity. That's what's troubling me. I happened to meet Dr. Frey out in Hampstead at Martin Sorrowby's house, and I got the idea that he might be able to help me. And it was right. He has been able to help. A lot. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. You didn't tell him about our talk, did you, Mr. Odell? Not a word. Just a minute. I want to hear what Hampton's talking about. Doctor. Yes? That fellow Odell said that you were out at Martin Sorrowby's place. Yeah, that's right. Is Sorrowby a patient of yours? Uh, yes, he is. I didn't know that. 
Very interesting. Is he having one of these psychoanalysis tools? Yes, he is. Uh, now, Mr. Hampton, if you'll lie on the couch, we'll begin. Uh, no, would you mind if we skipped it today? I don't feel quite up to it, you know. But I thought you were anxious to get it finished. I, I am, I am. But I, I, I suddenly remembered something I ought to have done. I, I'll come back tomorrow, if I may. All right, then. Uh, sorry to have wasted your time. Mr. Hampton's gone. Yes. Left in quite a hurry. Wonder what he's up to. Oh, he doesn't like him. He usually stays a long time. He enjoys psychoanalysis. Gives him a wonderful chance to show off. He's an exhibitionist of a high order. Yes, I've seen some of his exhibitions. Now, uh, Sugar, what number did you say Mrs. Frey lived at? Number 58. It's the first house around the corner. Oh, thanks. Oh, tell me one more thing. Uh, mm. Do you happen to know Mrs. Frey's maiden name? Yes. Um, what is it? She was a Miss Kitty... Stapleton? Oh, yes, that's right. Kitty Stapleton. Boy, oh, boy. Now we are getting somewhere. Goodbye, Sugar. I'll see you get all the French cigarettes you can smoke. I raced out into Wimpole Street like a kid let out of school. Now the whole thing really added up. Kitty Stapleton and George Maybrick had been in love. Maybrick had been killed by Hampton, or Sowerby, or, or both. And they got away with it. But Kitty knew. Knew, but couldn't prove. She had to wait 15 years for the proof. She had to wait until Hampton and Sowerby came to her husband and told him the truth. She got it from his notes. And then she set to work to ruin the two men who had caused the death of her lover. It was she who had employed Ricky McMara. Yes, it was all clear now. There was only one thing left to find out. Who had killed Ricky and Marilyn Peters? And why? And I figured I'd probably find that out from Kitty. So I went round to number 58. But while all this was happening, Inspector Rigby hadn't been idle. He was on the snoop as usual. And doing it in Heather's flat. When she came back from the shop at lunchtime to see if I was still there, she found the inspector going through her desk, watched by Sergeant Leighton. I'm back, Philip. Come in, Miss McMahon. Oh, it's you. Yes, it's me. Enjoying yourself? Tolerably, thank you. Obviously, you're the sort of man who enjoys reading other people's letters. I've been searching your desk in an official capacity. I have a search warrant. Oh. Did you happen to read the letters from a boy called Cedric? No. <laughs> That's a pity. You ought to have done. He had a lot of warm blood in him. It wouldn't hurt you to know how the other half of the world lives, Inspector. <laughs> what are you giggling at, Leighton? Nothing, sir. Are you going to stay long, Inspector? That depends. Well, I wish you'd make up your mind. If you're going to stay more than a few minutes, I'll make arrangements to move out. We're looking for Mr. O'Dell, Miss McMara. Do you know where he is? Oh, didn't the Inspector find him in my desk? Don't try to be funny. Where is O'Dell? Well, where is he? Would you like a drink? No, thank you. What about you, Sergeant? Well, uh... I've got some Scotch whiskey. Go on, have a drop. Even if the inspector does keep you in after school, it'll be worth it. Yes, Miss McMara, I will. I'm retiring next week anyway. The police force isn't what it was. Come back, Miss McMara. I'm fetching the sergeant his drink. Your search warden doesn't say that I'm not to behave like a hostess, does it? Confounded girl. Thinks because she's got a few curls and a... A nice figure. She can defy anything in trousers. Well, she's got something there, Inspector. Even you've got to admit that. You can keep your observations to yourself, Leighton. I'll deal with you when we get back to the yard. Oh, phooey. What did you say? I said phooey. What does that mean? It means 
I think you're a fool, sir. Now, look here, Lady. I've been wanting to tell you this ever since I first set eyes on you. And now I'm going to do it, even if it costs me my pension. You, you've been to police college. You passed all your examinations. You know all the right answers to all the right questions. But you're still a bad detective. Oh, am I? Yes, you are. And you know why? Because you haven't got a trace of humanity in you. That girl was right. You, you ought to go out and find out how ordinary, warm-blooded people live. And maybe you get on a bit better, and you'd be a better detective. You'll never be any good at police work so long as you go about alienating people. I never went to college, but I do know that. Here we are. Now, Sergeant, would you like some ice in it? Oh, I would indeed. Thank you. Sure you won't join us, Inspector? Well, uh, go on, sir. Have a bash. All right, I will. That's the stuff. Now, we can all be nice and friendly. Uh, not too much, Miss McMurray. And plenty of soda. There. How's that? Fine, thanks. Well, here's luck. Cheers. Now, Miss McMurray, where is Odell? Odell? Yes, Odell. I left him in your charge, remember? Oh, of course. Well, he's much better. I know you'll be pleased to hear that. Yes, yes, but where is he? He's got a wonderful constitution, remarkable powers of recovery. Quite, but where is he now? Of course, there may be a delayed shock. There often is in these cases, I believe. I didn't come here to inquire about his health. I want to know where he is. Oh, you mean you want to know where he is? I'm glad I've managed to make myself clear at last. Oh, well, he just stepped outside to buy a pack of cigarettes. It's taking him a long time, isn't it? Sergeant Leighton and I have been here for almost an hour. There's a tobacconist just across the street. Well, perhaps he didn't get the brand that he likes. Look, Miss McMahon. Oh, excuse me, the telephone. Hello? Yes? Oh, yes, just a minute. Um, it's for you, Inspector. Oh, thanks. Inspector Rigby here? Yes? Oh. Yes, what's the address? Thackeray Lodge, Heath Road. Yes, all right, I'll come right away. I'll have to go now, Miss McMahon, but I'll be back later. When Odell comes in with those cigarettes, keep him here. Oh, of course. Tell him it'll be the worst for him if he isn't here when I come back. All right, Leighton. What's the matter? New development? Yes, an important one. They've just found the body of Martin Sorrowby. Is Mrs. Frey at home? Uh, what name is it? Odell. Philip Odell. Oh, no, Mrs. Frey isn't in. I think she will be when you tell her my name. Just go on and try it. Oh, yes, but she told go me that on, I wasn't... Go on, shoo! Mrs. Frey, will see you. You bet she will. She's in the garden. Where's that? Out the back? No, on the roof. You'll have to go up in the lift. You were very quick getting up there and back. No, I didn't. I spoke on the house telephone. Uh, the lift's self-operating. Press the button marked four. The marvels of modern science. Okay, you can close the doors.
Mr. Adele? So, I was right. Kitty Stapleton, Mrs. Frey, the elusive lady in mink. Well, 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 well. I've been expecting you to come. You knew I'd find you, then? Of course. I made a slip letting you get out of Glendale. I knew you'd find out it was owned by my husband and that through him you'd trace me. So you've been here tending the flowers and waiting for me? More or less. Well, what are you going to do? Well, right now I'm going to smoke a cigarette. Would you like one? Thank you. Well, I've got the whole story now, or at least most of it. How clever you are. Not really. In fact, I haven't been the least bit bright. It took me quite a while to catch on. It's a pretty sordid story, isn't it? For 15 years, you've been walking about with hatred in your heart, and already two people have died because of it. A nasty story. It had a nasty beginning. Can you imagine what it did to me when George Maybrick was murdered? Have you any idea how I felt? I think so, yes. I wonder. I wonder if anyone who hasn't been through a thing like that can understand. To know that someone you loved had been brutally done to death. All I understand is that in trying to revenge yourself, McMara and Marilyn Peters had to die. I didn't kill them. Didn't you? No, I didn't. Well, even if you didn't, you're responsible for their deaths. No. I made a business arrangement with McMara. When he undertook to blackmail Hamden and sorrow before me, he knew what he was going into. It wasn't my fault that he was killed. I don't think you really believe that. What are you trying to do? Appeal to my better nature? If you are, you won't succeed. I wonder. I believe you're a sentimentalist, Mr. Odell. Maybe I am. Certainly, I hate to see things that have been warped. Oh, is that what I am? Of course. You couldn't be anything but warped after walking around for 15 years with a load of hatred in your heart. I'll be crying in a minute. All right. Suppose you'd succeeded. Suppose I hadn't blundered into this and you'd put the fixer on Hamden and Sarabin. What do you get out of it? The satisfaction of knowing that justice had been done to George Maybrick. And at what a price. The price of two lives. Do you think that you'd be able to settle down and live a normal, happy life after that? Did you think that you could suddenly stop it and become a good wife and maybe a, a mother? Be quiet. And what about this little guy, Frey, you're married to? What about him? He seems a nice little bird. You married him only to get the proof you've been waiting for, the material with which you were going to ruin Hamden and Sarabi. Wasn't exactly a nice thing to do, was it? I suppose it's being an American that makes you so sentimental. I'm not an American. I'm an Irishman. Well, that makes you even more sentimental. You should sneer at me for being sentimental. What you've been doing for the past 15 years is as sentimental as a Victorian love ballad. Being so much in love with a man that you'd wait all this time to avenge his death. And you think that's a dreadful thing, do you? Not in itself. It was the way you went about it that was bad. Why didn't you go to the police and tell them what you'd found out and leave them to deal with Hampton and Sorrowby? They beat the law once 15 years ago. They could do it again. I wasn't going to take a chance. Okay. Well, this is the end of the line for you. You failed, and you're going to have to talk fast to beat a murder rap. A murder rap? Sure. My only interest in this is to find out who killed Ricky McMara. But I didn't kill him. I told you so. Well, you tell it to the police. They may be less skeptical than I am. Will you uh, come to the yard with me, or do you want to be arrested here? 
No. No, I'll come with you. I'll just go and get my coat. She went through a window that gave onto the roof garden. She looked forlorn and beaten. I felt a little sorry for her. She was a lovely woman. She wasn't made to be mixed up in a sordid mess like this. That was all wrong. It was like setting a beautiful jewel in brass. I, I stood in that roof among the flowers waiting for her to come back, and I felt really sad. I wished that I'd gone to Ireland in the first place and never got myself mixed up in it. Well, after about five minutes, it began to be clear that she wasn't coming back. I went over to the window through which she had disappeared. It led into her bedroom. The bedroom was empty. There was another window, and it was open, and it gave onto the roof of the house next door. Across the roof, I could see an open doorway, the way she had obviously gone down into the house. Well, I followed, but it was no use. She had had five minutes start and made the most of it. It was a stupid thing to have lost her. I ought to have gone to Dr. Frey and had my head examined, but, but I'd been quite taken in by her air of resignation and defeat. I didn't think she'd make a break for it. Not that she'd get far. That was some consolation. Now I had her name and a lot of essential dope on her. It wouldn't be long before Inspector Rigby would be putting the bite on her. Inspector Rigby. By this time, he was out in Hampstead at Thackeray Lodge, and he was going to work in his usual way. Hello, Doctor. Hello, Inspector. Determined the cause of death? Yes. Strangulation. Hmm. Not a pretty sight, is it? Man... Never looks at his best after he's been strangled. Is this how he was found? Yes, slumped back in the chair. Didn't put up much of a struggle by the look of it? No. Same as the Peters girl. It has the same handwriting. Chap who did it's a beautiful strangler. When we catch him, you must have a long talk with him. Do you think you're going to catch him? Of course. You'd better get a move on. What do you think I've been doing? Watching the river flow past? A girl who works in a beauty shop's one thing, but a man in Sotheby's position something quite different. He probably has friends in high places. People who could put pressure on the commissioner. Could I have your medical opinion as soon as possible, please? Well, I suppose you know what you're doing. I do. Thank you, Doctor. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Layton. Yes, Inspector? Checked up. Oh, this is not much. Details of discovery of body, statement of neighbours, nothing there. Well, Sotheby was alone in the house. He sent his servants away three days ago. Now, let's have a look over the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, two, three, five empty whiskey bottles. Ashtrays overflowing. Evidently had a party. Hello, what's this? Oh, a cheque. Pay Philip O'Dell £300, Martin Sorrowby. Today's date. O'Dell? Your friend. Again. Now, look, Inspector, is it likely that he did this? What do you think? Well, it's absurd. He knows you've got your eye on him. Is it likely that he'd commit murder? Murder's rarely a likely occurrence before it's committed. Oh, these police college maxims... Look, Odell isn't a complete fool. He's a clever man. Look up his dossier, if you don't believe me. I have done. Colourful reading. He's rated one of the top agents in the American service. Well, is it likely that a man with a record like that would, would leave a cheque made payable to himself right beside the body of the man he just strangled? This is a complex affair, Leighton. Anything might happen. Oh, well, you're in charge. Only for Pete's sake, let's do something. Festina Lente, Leighton? Oh, sure, sure. Pro bono publico. But where does that get us? 
near to the man who strangled McMara, Marilyn Peters, and Sorobev. Near enough to slip a pair of handcuffs on him? Maybe. Come on. Where to? Miss McMara's flat. We've got to talk to Odell now. A Psychological Matter was the sixth part of Lady in a Fog, a serial in eight parts by Lester Powell, with Robert Beatty as Philip O'Dell and Sheila Manahan as Heather McMurray. The part of Kitty Stapleton was played by Mary Wimbush, Inspector Rigby by Edward Dewsbury, Sergeant Layton by Geoffrey Siegel, and The Receptionist by Beryl Calder. Lady in a Fog is produced for the BBC by Martin C. Webster. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.